Hello, everybody. I welcome everyone around the world for our quarter-free announcement of our company, F.L. Schmidt, here out of beautiful Welby in Copenhagen, Denmark. This is the first time that we have a quarterly announcement in the new structure, and you will, of course, see out of that some different um, information throughout the whole package. Now about the quarter-free. It was the strongest order intake for six years and it was strong in cement and it was strong in mining. We had a low revenue and with that a relatively low related operating leverage in the quarter and a positive free cash flow. We had a quite strong performance all over in mining and we took already in the quarter actions to improve further our efficiency in the cement business. Market outlook. When we look into the mining market, it is still continuing positive, not bullish, but positive with good comments out of our customer group in mining all over the commodities. We have a stable outlook for cement. We keep the guidance maintained. And of course, we see the revenue in quarter four significantly picking up. Safety performance. Safety is a measurement how we interact in the company with our customers, with our suppliers. And we had in quarter three a TRIFR of three, which is a slight deterioration to quarter two from 2.9. We have a target to be below the 3.2. But as you see on the left side, where we show the TRI of R since 2011, we have quite a good performance improvement here. But we are not satisfied with the overall level and we invest a lot. We invest really a lot in getting safety more and more on the TRI of R down. And for example, the coming week, we have a so-called training week where one part is further safety improvement. Another area where we are actually quite proud for several quarters to present is our innovation run. This time, it's a wear part. It's a wear part for coolers in cement industry where we have an installation where these kind out of our own house, where these kind of crossbars, the wave grade for crossbar coolers, can be installed of, uh, installed of more than 200 units. What does it bring as a benefit, as a productivity improvement? It brings a higher production up to 10% and it brings a lower power consumption up to 10% down. This proven performance is and will be manufactured in our own sites. And it's another step stone in that to help our customers, to support our customers in this, this case in the cement industry to get more profitable. Now to the figures. You see the revenue split for the quarter three 2018. Let me start with the mining part. We had 52% of the revenue coming out of mining with a record high EBITDA margin of 13.3%. It is quite a long time ago that we were in that range of total mining business. Top performance. On the cement side, which accounted for 48% of the revenue, we achieved in the quarter 2%. Our capital business versus service business, the split is 43 to 57%. If we then look into the order intake for the quarter, 
We had the strongest order intake in six years. And you see on the left side that we had, especially on capital orders, a very, very good run. The red line shows the revenue. And it's obvious that the gap, the positive gap, as we call it, between order intake and revenue is increasing, which gives us quite a good uh, momentum into the future. On the right side, you see that both industries actually contributed a lot into that record order intake. Let me start with mining. We had close to 20% growth in quarter three 2018 versus quarter three 2017, which was actually the start of a higher order intake growth level. So we had now the fourth quarter in a row with significant order intake growth in mining. On the right side, you see cement with an unbelievable 160% growth. If you take out 1.9 billion DKK, which is roughly the level of the two big announced orders a few weeks ago in Central America, you see that still the growth of the business in cement was significant on top of these two large orders. Where is the growth coming from? We have in mining as well as in cement a very good run on capital, small size, mid-size capital orders, which is great and shows our strong appearance in the market. Now to the market outlook. We have still a positive outlook in mining. We see that CapEx is increasing. Our customers are not changing that view. And it is in line with that what we say for several years, that the recovery is happening, not bullish, but in a good way forward. And that is how we would like to phrase the market outlook as in the last few quarters, a good positive momentum, nothing to get bullish about it and nothing to get concerned about it. We have activities in more or less all commodities. Of course, copper and gold is for us as F.L. Schmidt quite important, but it is a good run in the market too. We have stable OPEX-related spend, which is in line with a recovery in, my, uh, in mining market, and customers' primary focus is on productivity and driven by digitalization and innovation. In cement, Cement is stable, but we have significant regional differences, as we announced before. And we have the same situation as in the quarters before, that only a few tenders are out for large orders, and the intense pricing competition, we don't see a change in the market yet. We have a quite good uh, activity in cement on small and mid-sized order opportunities. Customers' primary focus is productivity improvement, no matter if it's about reduction of production cost or environmental footprint or anything else. Now from cement into a special activity, what we already did in quarter three. It's a profit improvement in cement. As said, we have a stable outlook for large cement projects, but it is on a fairly low level. We have an ongoing pricing pressure. Despite the fact that we get really a big fair share out of the premium large orders, we took the decision to improve our efficiency and to reduce cost in that large project-related cement business. We had to give, we had to give to more than a hundred people in cement large, predominantly large projects notice to leave our company. 
This is of course not good, but the expected improvement of 80 million in 2019 on the EBITDA side, if everything else being equal, is for us the way to go not to come under pressure anytime, to go for any deal for at any cost and any risk. We don't want to be there. The activities, what we do since several years now, to invest into white spots, to be closer to our customers, into digitalization and standardization is ongoing. And we see as management and as group that our high order intake in cement, despite or beside the two large orders, is actually a proof what we do. On the right side, you see the split of the cement business into service as well as capital revenue and the EBITDA line. And you see that we had since 2017 actually an upcoming 12 months rolling profitability. And that's what is purely coming out of internal measurements and internal activities. And we will, with that profit improvements action, go on with that agenda. And with that, I would like to give to Lars, our CFO. Thank you. <clears throat> and uh, when you look at the numbers, you can... Uh get the majority of what we're working on in the two first lines. Um, as you can see, we had a substantial increase in the order intake, which of course will become revenue in the future. Uh, what's visible here is that the market have picked up, in particular in mining, where we have a, a very strong growth and had that for a while. Uh, but remember that a lot of the order intake we get is uh, project order intake in mining, and that of course have a time lag into, until it becomes revenue. And that's the transition time we're in now where the sales activities we have done uh, have paid off and turned into order intake, but it has not yet turned into revenue. What we saw in the third quarter was a lower revenue than we expected. What we've seen in the market is that some customers are not able to receive the, the projects in the, in the speed that was agreed up front. Uh, so therefore we see a little bit uh, of delay on the customer side in receiving uh, uh, the projects that we're executing. If we go through the PNL, uh, the gross margin is stable. Uh, we had a slightly higher absolute EBITDA uh, due to higher revenue. Uh, financial cost was substantially better. Uh, and then uh, the discontinued operations was uh, substantially better than last year, giving a substantial increase in net profit for the year. If we then turn to the cash flow statement, we have, uh, uh, as you can see, we picked up in the third quarter and, uh, and had a, a good cash flow from operations. We had 357 for the group. Um, when you look into the continuing activities, so taking out our, the business we held for sale, it was a very strong 519 versus uh, 400 last year. Um, in the, if you then look into investments, you can see we had a, a, a big pickup in, uh, in investments um, that comes primarily from, uh, from R&D investments that we capitalized as well as IT investments and some investments into our, to our um, facilities around in the world. But the majority came from, uh, from uh, R&D investments. So overall, uh, a good pickup in, uh, in cash flow in the third quarter. If we turn into revenue, uh, this is where you can see we have a, a lower revenue than expected, and you can see the gap between order intake and, uh, and revenue is uh, increasing. Uh, what's worth to note on this page is uh, if you look at quarter four in, 
in 14, where we had five and a half billion in revenue. So, uh, so good pickup in uh, sorry in 16, and in 17 we had a strong pickup in uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, and that is also what we are expecting to uh, to deliver in 18, where we uh, we historically have had a lot of shipments in the fourth quarter, and uh, and we do see uh, more shipments in fourth quarter than what we've had uh, uh, during the year. If we look into revenue, uh, you can see that mining went uh, slightly down and cement went up. And that, of course, uh, as mining is our uh, higher margin part, uh, that puts pressure on our mix. And when we look into uh, the gross margin in a few pages, you will see that actually both uh, parts uh, performed fairly well. Order intake uh, versus revenue. I think this one shows really uh, the, the key thing we have to discuss today, which is uh, we have uh, had a very strong order intake. Uh, revenue have not yet picked up. Um, historically, there have been uh, uh, what you can say a year's lag between we had between order intake and revenue. Uh, and if you look at this chart, you could see that the order intake started to pick up around a year ago. So we are at the inflection point where uh, the higher order intake we have will start to become revenue. So as we go into quarter four and uh, and nineteen this higher order intake will start to uh, be turned into revenue. Gross margin was stable year and year. When you look into the two divisions, you saw uh, see a, a good increase in mining and a good increase in cement. Uh, and it's, of course, the mix that, uh, that makes the group, uh, group margin uh, stable. So our SDNA cost, uh, our SDNA cost was 16.6% of, of revenue. Uh, the absolute number, number was in line with what we expected, and uh, of course it was higher than last year, but uh, when you look at the chart, you can see that last year was unusually low. Uh, so SGNA cost is in line with what we planned. Uh, the SGNA cost includes extra cuts to digitalization. Um, there are some costs related to the efficiency uh, improvements in cement. Uh, so in this cost base, you have uh, you have uh, some uh, underlying cost increases, uh, and as you know, we had a, a very strong order intake, and the sales cost for this extra order intake is of course also in uh, in this uh, this cost line. When you look into the margin, uh, it's flat compared to uh, to the rest of the year, so uh, so no improvements in in the margin. If you look at the bridge. Uh, you can see we have a positive impact from higher revenue, and then we had some, some extra cost, and that uh, explains the movements from last year into this year. <clears throat> and of course, as long as our revenue is not increasing uh, more than it does, uh, we are not expecting our EBITDA margins to come up. So the reason why we, uh, we keep our guidance as we do is, of course, that we expect a higher revenue in the fourth quarter. And through operating leverage, uh, that will us give us, uh, we expect, a very strong fourth quarter. And that is, uh, that is really what should drive the, the higher EBITDA margin that we are seeing in the future. <clears throat> Our working capital ratio went down to 9.9%, so below the 10% that we are expecting. Uh, when you look into the components, you can see we had an improvement in prepayments. And on, uh, on our WIP assets, we also were able to invoice more customers, and, uh, and we got paid. As you can see, the, the receivables did not uh, increase. Our capital structure is strong. 37% equity ratio. Net debt to EBITDA is at 1.1%. Uh, uh, not a lot to say on this. We expect a further debt reduction in the fourth quarter. 
And then when we turn into return on capital employed, we are up from 10% to 10.7%. And what really should drive this number up is the increase in revenue that will uh, increase the absolute EBITDA uh, substantially uh, through operating leverage as, ju- as well as just more, uh, more business. So that is really what will, uh, will take this business up. It's also worth to see that the EBITDA margin in mining is uh, the highest we've had for, for many years at 13.3%. We, of course, have a very good mix in mining in this quarter, but it is a very strong performance in, in our mining business. And with that, back to you, Thomas. Thank you, Lars. So, um, we always announce uh, and inform the market each quarterly announcement about the management agenda and with our overall managing the cycle KPIs, which is the free C, customers, cost and cash. We have an improvement in the return on capital employed, in the order intake, in the networking capital and the year-to-date with the safety performance. The EBITDA is not Uh, on a level as we are satisfied with. That's clear. That's the low revenue recognition, which is driving that. And uh, as Lars said, the fourth quarter will show a significant up in the revenue part. And the DIFOD is on the same level. DIFOD is a measurement of quality, how fast we respond and how we get things up. Um, It's on the same level as we had it in quarter two. The strategic focus areas, they don't change, of course, especially the long-term ones. But it is important to inform the market that innovation, digitalization, customer focus, the people element, the sustainability element is getting more and more track in the market. This is very important. Digitalization, for example, is today, as we said, an enabler to make Good business, And we think we are, in that case, if we look into the order intake and customer response, in a good way to be leading positioned in both industries. Short term, it's about the wear parts. We show the new innovation in wear parts. We have a good run in wear parts. We grow the product sale. You heard me saying at last that our mid-sized and small capital order in cement as well as in mining in the quarter increased quite a lot. We are not stopping to standardize. We are not stopping to get more efficiency and our well-functioning and highly appreciated in the market um, reorganization from 1st of July will help in that uh, journey. If we then look for the group guidance, we keep the group guidance as it is and we expect the midpoint in the revenue and related with the revenue recognition um, in the area or in the midpoint for the EBITDA guidance too. Um, out of that, of course, the return on capital employed uh, guidance will be fulfilled too. Now to wrap it up, our quarter three, 2018, strong order intake, both in mining and in cement, Positive profitability and run in mining, very strong performance, stable outlook for cement. We had a low revenue recognition and with that a low operating leverage, which will change in the fourth quarter, and we keep the guidance. Out of that, I would like to open for Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already and you wish to ask a question, please press zero and then one on your phone keypad now. And 
ask, I announced you just ask that question. And if you find that question has been answered before it's returned to speak or wish to track the question, just press zero and then two. And our first question is over the line of William Ashman at JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, thank you very much for uh, taking my question. Uh, you'd be very clear on the sort of Q4 expectations of, of the leverage picking up, but my question's more on 2019 and how we should think about um, the investments in digitalization and efficiency improvements, and can you quantify those? And then also what kind of um, drop-through we should expect um, on sort of equipment and, and the aftermarket side? Thank you. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, okay, I, I try to go through. Uh, digitalization, of course, we will have an increasing spend on that. And it goes uh, actually uh, today already into final products to the end customer as well as uh, interims into to develop new processes, new equipment and new services. It's actually all over. I guess uh, beside customers and cash, the most discussed in uh, uh, the company and quite a lot of this, uh, discussion on the cement and as on the mining customer side. Um, if we then look into uh, 2019, we are not guiding today for, for 2019, that's clear. But we see with that uh, order backlog, with that momentum what we have in the market, not only out of quarter three. I know that uh, having the six years high is uh, uh, quite positive, but we have for several quarters now quite a good growth, and that will carry us into next year. And uh, yeah, to answer that with digitalization, digitalization is an enabler to get order intake and to make revenue out of it. Um, yeah, I think that describes most of the what was asked. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, you asked the question about equipment and aftermarket, what the drop-through is. And uh, and we do expect that there is a very high degree of drop-through as uh, <coughs> as we have <coughs> sorry, sorry, spare capacity in the system <coughs> that can uh, that can uh, that can do that without uh, adding more costs. So very high drop-through from aftermarket and equipment. Okay. Thank you. We're now at the line of Robert Davies at Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Hello, Thomas. Can you hear me? Uh, now I can hear you. Hello. Yes. Uh, hello. Uh, hi. Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Yeah, I actually had something sort of fairly similar, um, just around the um, sort of uh, expectations, I guess, looking into looking into 2019. I can see. We've got um, at the moment sort of a billion and a half increase in sales next year, sort of roughly a 20% drop through. I mean, historically, what has been the sort of uh, gross margin on the OE business and, the, and typically the flow through you see from that gross margin that comes through? I guess I'm just looking, it, it looks at the moment like the numbers are sort of fairly generous for next year. And I'm just, I'm just trying to get a sense of how you're thinking about it, especially given the incremental step up in um, Investments on the digitalization side. Is it fair to think that the this is average drop through you see in the last few years might be a bit lower than than, than average in 2019? No, actually not. Um, actually, when you talk about e-business, um, we are not separating the digital business as a single business. We know exactly. We have automation business which goes in the direction of digital since 1960. And the, the real 100% e-business, what you see, is which is more a software and a 
kind of a service to help to improve software setup and data collection. This is in itself not a huge business. But you will in that market more and more not sell anything if your services, your aftermarket products, your capital products, your processes, your plants are not more digitalized. It's an enabler. You don't have it, you are not a premium supplier. That is what we believe, and that's the reason why we invest a lot in it. So it is, and we will not, we don't see that we will report on that, because it's all over. It would be not fair to, 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 uh, to cut that out and try to make a, a statement of, uh, of these kind of figures. A customer orders from us, let us say, a grinding circle. And of course they expect it's digitalized. And if it would be not, they, we would not get the inquiry. That's the, that's the level of situation what we have out in the market, which is for us and for all other premium suppliers quite positive. It's not about to sell the cheapest, biggest mill in the market. It's about to sell and to operate and to help the customer to earn money on the most efficient grinding circle. And that is always a good time for premium suppliers. That's great. Thank you. Um, and then maybe sort of just coming back on, on the first part of the question, I mean, the way to think about just, just at the group level, if you step back, um, the, the sort of gross margin differential between the OE and the aftermarket part of the business, I know you sort of give a, a sort of aggregate number, but uh, what sort of numbers should we think about in terms of gross margin on the OE side at a, at a group level and the, and the typical flow through that you would see from that? Yeah, <clears throat> I think when uh, if you if you go back to our our uh, the structure we have until had until the mid of the year, you can see where quite a big uh, like clear picture of what is the the capital business giving and what is the service business giving in terms of margin. And when you look into uh, to 2019, um, the gross margin uh, is more impacted by a change in mix than it's uh, it's uh, impacted by what you can say drop through. Uh, as we will be expecting more capital business, that of course puts uh, a mix pressure on, on our gross margin f for next year. Uh, so that's really the key driver for, for what changes the gross margin next year. We're not seeing a dramatic shift in, uh, in the gross margin in the individual types of business. So if you look into aftermarket, we see stable uh, gross margins in capital business. We see fairly stable uh, gross margins. Uh, but the mix will have an impact on our group uh, cross margin. Our next question is over the line of Jonathan Hanks at Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, thanks for taking my question. I just wanted to, to check, how, how do the gross margins in your, your cement uh, um, equipment order book compare to, to what's going through your P&L? I suppose what I'm, I'm trying to get, get at is how, how much of this 80 million of, of savings that, you, that you're achieving by, uh, through restructuring, how much do you hope to retain and how much should we uh, think about as putting, putting in the bridge? Thanks. The, um, we don't see a change of uh, profitability in the deals, what we, what we do today versus that what we did yesterday, to make it like that. We have a stable profit situation, but it's, of course, on a low level based on the intense pricing pressure. So when you look from that point of view, and we have the graph on that uh, one slide, how we see um, the overall EBITDA development, it is clear that we have to take 
another step of uh, what we call profit improvement, efficiency improvement in cement uh, to come back on an EBITDA growth path for the whole cement business. Okay, thank you. Very clear. I'll get that. Because that's always the question when, uh, when we see, uh, for example, I'm very open here. That's, um, we get a big order like out of Central America and then announcement is, oh, it will be very, very low in margin. No, it's on the level as we see it in big projects for quite a while. And it's very important to understand with that cost improvement, what we just did in the third quarter, but more with the investment into white sports, the digitalization, standardization. We are in a position that we don't need to go for any order at any cost and any risk. So this, um, we are not following this pricing pressure trend to go into unbelievable low profitability or profitable uh, projects when we receive it. We have a good position in that. We are the premium leader and we would like to get paid for it. Very clear. Thank you very much. Okay, we are now over to the line of Christian Johansson at Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thank you. I just had a question on, on the um, cement service uh, business on, on slide eight. Uh, the, the graph you show uh, indicates a pretty clear picture of a declining trend over the past couple of quarters of cement services. Uh, you can, of course, argue that it seems to have stabilized here uh, in, in Q3, but just if you can elaborate a bit on, on the sort of the kind we've seen in, in the past couple of quarters and, and what we should expect going forward. Um, this trend change is, of course, uh, there, but it's quite minor. Um, where does it come from? We actually have more activity. We are more successful in selling bits and pieces and services in the cement aftermarket. But what we miss is, of course, the big first-time spares out of large orders because the amount of large orders, we only got the two as one package and not many in between, and that drives a lot of aftermarket business. Second, we have an O&M business in areas where customers are not earning a lot of money at the, since for several quarters. This is not new, and that is reflected in less aftermarket sales into the O&M businesses too. These two elements actually explain everything in that so-called drop of the aftermarket in cement. If you would calculate that completely in and showing, you would see that we actually underlying in the sale of bits and pieces all over the world actually improved. And we expect more to come out of that, especially with the new organization, what we have, where we are closer to our customers in all geographies. Okay, and, and then looking forward, should we then expect that first-time spares on O&M would, would remain stable at these levels and, and the positive trend in the remaining part will, will continue to? Of course, we have always a little bit of seasonality in it. We should not forget that. That's typical for aftermarket. But we expect that we are actually through the trough in the aftermarket in, in cement based on that. Because where we are today with the O&M, where we are today with the uh, relatively low level of large orders, what you can have, um, we don't see that this is deteriorating more. Very clear. Thank you. Okay, we now go to the line of Klaus Alma at Nordea. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. 
thank you. Uh, a few questions from my side also. The first question is about uh, your comment uh, about customers was not ready to receive your deliveries here in Q3. Could you please add a bit more flavor to this uh, topic? And is more a Q3 uh, issue, or would that also move into Q4 in 2019? That will be the first question. Yes, um, a good question. Um, you know that uh, to have a high revenue recognition in a quarter after that order intake, what we enjoy since quarter three 2017, especially out of mining, we need the milestones, the delivery of bigger packages um, uh, to the customer. We only can do that if the customer gives us green light that we can supply and taking it from the truck directly into the plant. If it then lands, then we can have it as a, re uh, as a revenue. If customers, what we saw in the quarter three, not a lot, but substantial, moved that um, ahead or postponed that a little bit or uh, in timing, then it can drop out of the quarter and then the revenue is low. That's the situation. And we always have that. And as more capital business we have, as more fluctuation we will have. We saw that in the last two years where we were able to have a significant higher revenue recognition in the fourth quarter. So our capability in the company is not at all blocking. We have no supply constraints or more or less no supply constraints. We have enough labor on board to make it happen. But what we recognized is that after that long recession, especially in mining, close to six years when we look into some of the commodities and geographies, it takes customers longer to receive the goods versus that what we all planned for. So today we can say that the order intake revenue recognition tends more into five quarters when before the recession we had three to four quarters. That's definitely uh, what we see. And to uh, give that comment directly too, we don't see any uh, uh, hesitation to take the goods or anything like that. It's not business driven. It's pu purely project management driven. Okay, just so, so just to be sure, so all of those things have been solved or normalized here in Q4, and that's why you're keeping, let's say, your full year guidance. Is that how we should understand it? You should understand that, of course, we have a, a base business in the fourth quarter. On top of the base business in the fourth quarter, we have then the year-end rally, um, where we had in one year the quarter four and 4.9, something like that. And then there are quarters where you have what we call an overhang, where a milestone movement of quarters before go into the fourth quarter. And then you can uh, have a higher than this uh, figure, what we, um, what we had in the fourth quarter 2017. Like, for example, I'm, I'm now very specific, in the quarter four 2016 with 5.5 billion DKK. So the year-end rally, we call it. It's maybe not a fair uh, wording in it, but there's always something like that. Of course, customers would like to, to close the year and having all the goods. You see, actually, in our networking capital that we are well prepared to take that and uh, to exercise that through. Okay, then maybe a little bit more to the same topic. Do you see uh, your customers trying to, let's say, protect by, you know, postponing their more day-to-day uh, -day, uh, orders, um, um, we, you know, the volatile or lower uh, raw material prices. We hear, of course, um, in not uh, from our customers, we hear out of the analyst group and in the media and so on that uh, there are supply, sub-supply issues stated. We don't see that. 
We hear that uh, customers are postponing. We don't see that. What we see, and we informed about that for quite a while, actually, we have, or customers, have a higher bureaucracy. It is today to come through borders with the trade barriers. It takes simply more time. We have more environmental permitting. We have more cautious customers when they receive goods. And, of course, with the digitalization and the more complex to have a higher productivity improvement, we believe it is a little bit more tricky for customers to, um, to build the infrastructure and everything as we compare 10, 15 years ago. But we don't see any, um, how to say, business or political related or world economy related delay. We don't have that. And to give a little bit of flavor, what we do is we ask the customer line by line, because we talk here about the bigger mid-sized orders and the large orders, and we are in constant discussion and we have open debate about when they would like to have the goods. Okay, that's good to hear. And just a, a final, a small question to, to, I guess, to last. Capitalization, what should we expect uh, in Q4? Uh, I think Q3 had a, a very high level of uh, capitalization. Um, we are starting to invest more into uh, to R&D than we've been doing uh, throughout the downturn. So, uh, so if you look at the ideas we have, the things we're working on in R&D, we are expecting a higher level going forward than what we've had in, in the last couple of years. Um, so I would say in the fourth quarter, I expect it to be uh, uh, probably lower than in the third quarter. But going, uh, going forward, it is expected to be higher. And in particular, in digitalization, we will be, uh, we will be investing more. Uh, and a lot of these investments are investments into products uh, that will come uh, as income in the uh, coming years, and therefore they will be capitalized. Okay, thanks. We are now over the line of Johan Eliasson at Kempler Silver. Please go ahead, your line is now. Yes, hello. Um, I mentioned. I noticed that you mentioned that there is continued uh, price competition on the cement side, especially for the large orders. Now, I wonder if you dare speculate a little bit uh, of what could happen with your German competitors. Um, obviously, doing a lot of uh, changes right now. Do you think this is good or bad, or doesn't it change the uh, potential for price development in the cement? industry going forward. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's not about if I, if I like it or if I don't like it. Uh, it's actually about um, how the market situation is and what we can realize. In such a tough, intense pricing pressure, what we have since several years now, and quite for quite a lot of quarters, uh, we hear, of course, comments from the peer group. We only believe that what we see in reality and the reality shows us pricing pressure is not going away. So we will not sit and wait um, until it gets for us uh, a situation that we have to go for any deal to um, have enough revenue against our cost base. That's the reason why we do a dual approach, which means on one side we had to let and to inform more than 100 colleagues to leave in that uh, predominantly in that business. But don't underestimate our investments into white spots and digitalization and standardization, which in the mid to long term 
will bring us uh, on a significant higher EBITDA level. So from that point of view, um, I have no opinion about what my peers, especially if, if you mention the national part, the German peers, have or not have. And, and do you think uh, uh, there could be a, a structural opportunity uh, for you uh, to, to do something with this German peer uh, over time, or is, is, is the uh, market shares, uh, if one would speculate about a potentially merger or anything like that, already too high, you think? Yeah, um, we have, of course, the capabilities, management-wise, financial-wise, to do M&A. You know, we, we are crystal clear since 2014 what we are doing with our money. We've capitalized properly what we are, paying dividend, what we do, having organic investments, what we do a lot, uh, digitalization and so on, and then looking, of course, in M&A. We did one, as you know, in mining, for mining systems out of uh, Sandvik from Sweden. Um, regarding cement, um, we are the most... Um, or the biggest offering in the cement market. Whatever you have with cement, we can be with you. So that's a fact. We are really a powerhouse in that. And that, of course, um, um, we have to keep in mind when we look into any appetite for M&A. Um, but, of course, as a good management, we look into all opportunities. Okay, thank you very much. Before taking the next question, which is Klaus Kuhl at MyCredit Markets, if anyone else has any further questions, please press zero and then one. Klaus, over to you. Yes, hello. Uh, two questions from my side. Uh, first of all, uh, you mentioned that you have uh, laid off, uh, I think it was, uh, was it 100 people in, in the cement business? I was just wondering whether there are any one-offs uh, related to that here in, in either Q3 or uh, there will be here in, in, in Q4. That would be my first question. Secondly, last, uh, no, last you take. order intake is, order intake is um, at least seen from my point of view, uh, very strong here in Q3. And I was just wondering, um, and, and I know there was uh, at least uh, two large uh, cement orders, but still I'm positively surprised. So could you just comment whether there are also some, some I don't know, um, large uh, unannounced orders included in, in, in the order intake? And, and could you also perhaps give us some kind of flavor of what the beginning of Q4 has, has looked like uh, in terms of order intake? Thank yeah, you. So if we, uh, if we look at the one-offs, we had one-offs in, uh, in uh, quarter three. We will have one-offs in quarter four. Um, they are all part of the guidance. Uh, as we've said for a little while, we want to get away from, uh, from adjusted EBITDA because we believe that uh, when you have a cyclical business like ours, you will always have one-offs, uh, and, and therefore we, uh, we want to have a clean number where we take responsibility for all the cost. So they are, they are one-off costs, and they are included in the guidance. Yeah. Then regarding the business um, and how, what we see, we have in the order, uh, order package what we got, um, of course, a lot of small and mid-sized orders in cement. They are not of that size and strategic importance to announce it because we have that. And we always had, we have now a very good level. We got a good market leverage. We are very good in grinding. We are very good in the products. Uh, we, we really got uh, strong market positions all over. 
Um, when you talk about larger mid-sized orders, um, for us, a, a large order is not only the financial thing, it, it shows maybe a complete new technology on a big new line. If we build the biggest cement line ever, for example, or the most efficient, then we would like to announce that or the customer very often in more or less of 90% of all the cases, actually the customer would like to have us announcing it. So, to make a long story short, uh, the majority of the order capital order intake in cement is actually in the smaller, uh, smaller capital order side. It's not that we have a lot of or that we have large orders just not making it to announcement. We don't have that. This market is fairly low. Only a few tenders are out. Okay, and, and, and a follow-up. Do you have any comments to, to uh, the beginning of the order? Uh, any comments to the order intake in the beginning of Q4? Yeah, we normally don't guide uh, uh, on a quarter. That's uh, we are not doing that. Um, we have ongoing normal business situation. That is what we can say. Okay, thank you. And then, then a follow-up uh, uh, to, to, to the one-all sharing in, in second half of, of 18. Um, and I understand that they are included in your guidance, but still, could you uh, quantify them uh, for us? But I mean, you have, <clears throat> you have, uh, you always have uh, one-offs, uh, and you have them in both directions. So if you sell a building, you can have a one-off income and 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 things like that. So it's uh, it's not a dramatic number in the second half, uh, but it is, uh, but it is a number that uh, that that has an impact. We don't want to uh, to give these numbers anymore because. Um, it is part of our business to ensure that we have the right manning level at any point in time, uh, and it's included in the guidance. So uh, that's as specific as we would like to be on this. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. That was the final question for today's call. So, gentlemen, can I please pass it back to you for any closing comments at this stage? Yeah, I would like to say uh, thank you for all the questions and all the participation. And I wish you a safe trip no matter where you are and hope to see you soon. Thanks a lot.